0: Well, hi everyone, uh, good to be with you again. Again, we're in my office at home. Uh, the auditorium at church is still uh, going through its re- renovations and uh, it's a bit of a mess just at the moment, but uh, starting to look good and starting to take some shape. So we look forward to seeing that finished and uh, hopefully getting back there sooner rather than later, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, no- another thing I um, had forgotten to uh, mention earlier was uh, our monthly prayer meeting. I We haven't had a chance to advertise this yet but uh, we had spoken about resuming our monthly prayer meetings first Sunday of every month and today is the first Sunday of the month so if you're able, 6 o'clock at, uh, at our church, Swan Hill Christian Centre, if you'd like to join us feel free to do that We're going to pray uh, uh, that um God would continue to work towards uh, fulfilling the vision that he gave us at the beginning of the year. Um, taking hold of the harvest was the theme that we launched our year with as we sense God leading us in that particular direction, and we still believe God is uh, going to continue to outwork that. So we're going to focus on that in our prayers uh, tonight as we uh, um, begin to meet again to pray and commit uh What's left of the year into God's hands to see him do amazing things? Well, I want to begin uh, um, with a question for you. And and the question is this, not, not a difficult question, but it's this. If you knew that something big was going to happen tomorrow, what would you do today? If you knew that there was something big coming tomorrow that was going to affect you in some way, What would you do today? If you had a big test coming up tomorrow, what do you think you'd do today? I remember back to my school days, I wasn't a very good student, but I do remember when I had tests, I'd spend the day before, perhaps the night before, studying to make sure I knew at least some of the answers for the test. What if you were starting a new job tomorrow? First day on a new job, what what do you think you'd do today? Well, when I started a new job, I spent uh, several hours the day before making sure I had my clothes ready, making sure I had my uh, work gear ready, making sure I uh, knew what I was going to do for lunch and all of that stuff just to make sure that I was ready for whatever the day brought tomorrow. What if your house was coming up for sale tomorrow? Perhaps you were uh, auctioning your house and tomorrow was going to be the day that your house was uh, open to the public and people were coming to uh, not only look at, but to buy your house. What do you reckon you'd do today? Well, I assume you'd probably make sure the, the grass was cut and the garden was trimmed, that everything was clean and spick and span, ready for the, uh, the potential buyers coming tomorrow to look at your house and hopefully to buy it. You'd spend time preparing. What if you were getting married tomorrow? What do you think you'd do today? I re- remember when I got married that uh, the day before was a flurry of activity. And I guess it depends whether you're the bride or the groom as to what you might be doing. But I do remember that there were lots and lots of last minute preparations to make sure that everything was ready to go. You see, the point is that if you know something big is going to happen tomorrow, usually you spend today getting ready for it and making sure everything is prepared. Well, I want to read one verse that uh, points to that effect from uh, Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. We read this verse last time, a couple of weeks ago, but I want to just read it again. Joshua chapter 3 and verse 5. And this is what it says. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. Tempting for a lot of people to wait for those amazing things tomorrow and then worry about preparing for it. But Joshua says, consecrate yourselves. In other words, get ready today because God is going to do amazing things tomorrow. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we ask that as we look into it for these few moments that you'd speak to us from it that you'd draw us ever closer to yourself and that you'd help us, Lord, as we go forward from this point to follow you even more closely. We thank you for your word and we commit our time now into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, now, the story so far, we we spoke from uh, the verses before this uh, verse that we read this morning, uh, last time, a couple of weeks ago. And the story so far is that God's people, the Israelites who'd been slaves in Egypt for 400 odd years had finally been set free and were traveling towards the promised land. And uh, you might remember the story that uh, through one series of events after another, they spend the next 40 odd years wandering around in the desert as God led them towards the promised land and, and in the process formed them into his people, giving them instructions about how they are to worship and how they're to follow him and how they are to live and all of that kind of thing. And finally, in uh, at the beginning of, of the book of Joshua in the Old Testament, we find the, uh, the people at the edge of the promised land just waiting to cross into the land and uh, take possession of the land that God had promised them uh, for all these years as they wandered around the desert. But you know, they're about to cross into hostile territory. They've waited on the edge of the promised land. They even sent some spies in to spy out the land and they they knew and they understood that uh, what was waiting for them uh, just across the border into the promised land was hostility. There were enemies that were going to need to be fought against. There were uh, battles that were going to have to be fought and won. There were lots and lots of obstacles. And to make it even worse, uh, there was a river that they had to cross, the Jordan River, which was in flood at that particular time of year. So it wasn't a matter of just wading across a, a small stream as the Jordan usually is, but it was a raging torrent separating them from where they were to where they were supposed to go. If you know this story of how God led his people, you'll know that 40 years before, Moses had come to the same point on the edge of the promised land with the people and he'd sent in 12 spies to spy out the land and see what it was like. And the spies all came back with a positive report. It's a great land. There's lots and lots of produce there. It's going to be good for us, but there's huge obstacles. There are giants in the land. There are going to be Lots of battles to fight and we can't win. And out of those 12 spies that Moses sent into the land, only two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said that they should go ahead because God was with them. So now all these 40 years later, they get to the edge of the promised land. Joshua, who'd been one of those spies, is now leading the people. They're under no illusion that what awaits them across the river, across the border in the promised land is hostility battles uh, enemies who who want to destroy them it's foreign territory that they're going into there's nothing easy about what they're about to do well we read last time a couple of weeks ago the first four or five verses in Joshua chapter three you might remember that uh, Joshua told the people to get ready because they're about to cross over into the promised land and they were told to uh, watch out for the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, which represented God's presence and allow the Ark to lead them. In other words, to allow God's presence to lead them as they go into the promised land. And there's a principle there. Find God's presence and follow his presence. Allow his presence to lead you. And then we read this verse that we read this morning. Consecrate yourselves For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. Now, there's a real principle here that I want to spend a a few minutes looking at. Very important principle. An important principle that a lot of people miss and wonder why life is confusing and chaotic. But get this principle and you'll begin to see what God is doing in your life. Now, Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves what on earth does that mean consecrate that's a word we don't often use in English these days but it simply means to sanctify yourselves or to purify yourselves in other words to make yourselves holy now in the context of Joshua and the people of Israel uh, all those centuries ago God had given them rituals to observe, um, things that they needed to do in order to make themselves pure and holy. They had to wash in certain ways. They had to cleanse themselves of certain things that would have defiled them. They had to uh, put away certain um, foods and certain activities that would defile them. There was a, a quite a, a, a regimen that they had to follow in order to make themselves pure or to consecrate themselves and all the time that they'd been wandering around in the desert they hadn't had time to do a lot of these things and so now as as they're about to cross over into the promised land uh, Joshua tells them take the time consecrate yourselves and make yourselves holy before we cross over. Now this ritual cleansing that they had to go through the the principle in that was that unless they went through this, this uh, this ritual of cleansing, then they weren't able to enter into God's presence. And if you remember back to last time, uh, Joshua told the people to follow the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, which we said was a uh, uh, representing God's presence. And if the people wanted to recognize and be able to follow God's presence, then they were going to need to purify themselves, to get themselves ready so that they could recognize the presence of God. Now, this ritual took time. They couldn't wake up early in the morning and do it and be ready to leave uh, that morning. It took time. And so they had to observe the rituals. They had to go through the routines that, uh, that were part of that ritual often in the days leading up to the the festival or whatever it was. But Joshua is telling them today, prepare yourselves today. Go through the rituals today that will purify yourselves, that will make yourselves holy, that will consecrate yourselves, that will prepare you to enter into God's presence tomorrow. Consecration, the act of making yourself holy, if you like, takes time and effort. And you know, this highlights a principle that's often found throughout the Bible. I call it the time before principle. It, it, It takes time before you see the fruit of something. Now we see this in everyday life, this time before principle. If you have studied any kind of history, you'll know that before there can be victories, There must be battles. Battles always come before victories. There are always struggles before there are celebrations. Think of a baby being born. There's a struggle in the birth. But as soon as the birth has occurred, there's a celebration. There are always steps before there are arrivals. If you want to arrive at a destination, you've got to take those steps. There's always practice before there can be perfection. We say practice makes perfect, but how many musicians have failed because they didn't want to practice? I'm one of those. Before perfection comes the practice. Preparation always comes before completion. If you want to graduate, you've got to study first. I graduated a couple of years ago, but that came at the end of years and years of study. There are always things in life that must occur before we reap the benefit of it. In the Bible, there are also lots of instances of this before principle. Israel had to march to the Red Sea before God parted it. Of course, they got to the Red Sea and didn't know where they were going to go from there. But then they saw God do the amazing thing, but they had to march there first. Naaman, the leper, In one of the Old Testament stories who came to the prophet in Israel to be cleansed of his leprosy was told to go and wash in the Jordan River seven times. Now, Naaman was a noble man. The idea of him stooping so low as to wash in a dirty old river like the Jordan, something that he could have done at home in his own country, in his own much nicer rivers, wash seven times before your cleansing can occur. That had to happen before his cleansing became a reality. Peter had to obey Jesus. When Jesus told Peter to row his boat out into deeper water, Peter had to obey before he caught the great catch of fish. Jesus, we're told, often prayed all night before something big happened the next day. In fact, before Jesus chose his disciples and taught and healed and did many other of his uh, Amazing acts often spent the night in prayer beforehand. Jesus spent 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, being tempted by the devil and being prepared before his ministry actually began. Paul, the great apostle, who wrote so much of our New Testament, we're told he spent three years in the desert meeting with God before he wrote those letters that give us so much a joy and instruction of God. There are so many things in life and so many things in the Bible that must take place before we reap the benefit of that. And the point of this consecration or this making holy that Joshua is speaking about was that it was something that must happen before to prepare the people to enter into God's presence. Now, the truth is, God does amazing things all the time. God is always at work, Jesus said. But, you know, we miss so much of that because we don't take the time to prepare ourselves to be in his presence. We need to consecrate ourselves to recognize what God is doing. Now, we've spoken about the before principle. If you want to see God do amazing things tomorrow, you need to prepare today. But Another point about consecration, which I mentioned a little bit earlier, is it takes time, sometimes years and years of time. I remember someone saying to me, I wish I understood the Bible as you do. And I say many, many times, I wish I understood the Bible like lots of other people do. But, you know, it's taken time, years and years and years of reading, not always understanding what I'm reading. But then finding out as as I continue to read things unfolding and my understanding growing, it takes time. Now, there's a long way to go, but we continue to invest that time so that we continue tomorrow to see the amazing things that God is doing. Now, why should the people consecrate themselves? Why should you take all that time to make yourself holy If God's doing amazing things, do we really need to see what he's doing? does it matter whether we're prepared or not. If God is always doing things, well, you need to take the time to consecrate yourself, to prepare yourself, because that's the only way you're going to recognize God at work. I was speaking with someone through the week who said the same thing. The way to recognize what God is doing is to take the time to prepare yourself to spend time consecrating yourself, making yourself holy. As you do that, you begin to recognize what God is doing. Now, Jesus said, my father is always at work. In other words, God is always doing amazing things. But we don't see all of those amazing things that God is doing because so often we haven't taken the time to prepare ourselves. God did amazing things for the people as they wandered around the desert for 40 years too. But they didn't see most of it because they were so busy grumbling and complaining, not preparing themselves to see what God was doing. If we want to see the amazing things that God is doing, if we want to recognise God at work, we've got to take the time needed to prepare ourselves so that we recognise what God is doing. There's a second reason why we need to consecrate ourselves. And that is because bad things do happen. Now, this is not a nice thing to talk about when we're talking about the amazing things that God is doing. The truth is that although God is doing amazing things all the time, bad things do happen to us from time to time. And you need to be prepared for that. Now, I know you can't prepare for a sudden accident or a a sudden illness or a a job loss that came out of the blue or or those kind of traumatic life events that, that uh, come into our lives from time to time. But we can prepare ourselves by consecrating ourselves, making ourselves holy, preparing for the amazing things that God is doing. Now, I've had some experience, as I know many of you have, with some of those bad things in life. And I found during some of our worst times in life that God is still at work. But you know, when you're in the middle of one of those terrible, uh, traumatic experiences of life, uh, usually all you can see is what's going on around you. And it's difficult to see God at work unless you've taken the time to prepare yourself. You see, in just a a matter of days, uh, the people who were camped on one side of the river were going to cross the river and go onto the other side of the river and then the battles were going to begin and they were going to be so busy fighting against the enemies that waited for them there that they probably wouldn't have time to carry out all these rituals. So it's important to consecrate yourselves now while you can so that when stuff happens, you're prepared. Now God wants to help us through those traumatic events of life But the more consecrated we are, the more prepared we are, the more we're going to see God's helping hand in those bad things. The more we're going to receive his strength and his enabling power as we've taken the time to consecrate ourselves. Bad things do happen. And while we can't prepare for those individual and specific bad events, we can prepare to see God at work by taking the time to consecrate ourselves so that we recognize when God is at work? Well, it's important to consecrate ourselves because that's how we recognize God's amazing work. It's important to consecrate ourselves because bad things do happen. And if we want to recognize God's enabling power and his amazing works in the middle of those traumatic events, we need to have taken time to consecrate ourselves. We also need to consecrate ourselves because God is going to do amazing things into the future, things that we haven't thought of yet, things that we can't foresee now. God is going to do miraculous things that haven't even entered your mind yet. And he's just waiting for you and I to prepare ourselves so that he can act and so that you'll recognize when he acts. You know, I'm convinced that so much of what God is doing is still waiting for us in the future. God is always acting. We understand that. The Bible makes that clear. But there are so many things that are yet to happen in the future and so many things that God is yet to do in the future. We're still waiting to see so many amazing things that God is going to do as time continues to unfold. And the more prepared we are for that, the more we're going to recognize it. The more prepared we are to flow in with what God is doing, the more prepared we're going to be to win the battles that are going to come our way. Consecrate yourselves because tomorrow God is going to do amazing things. So what does all that mean for you and for me? Well, God is always doing amazing things. But it means we need to consecrate ourselves so that we'll recognize those amazing things that God is doing and that needs time. So you need to take some time. You've got to be prepared to take a little bit of time. If you want to become an expert piano player, it's going to take time practicing, making mistakes, correcting your mistakes, learning how to avoid the mistakes, learning how to read the music quickly, learning To get your fingers agile so they'll hit the right notes at the right time. It takes time. So does consecrating ourselves for what God is doing. Preparing ourselves for the amazing things that God is doing will take time. And as I suggested earlier, it sometimes takes years. So be prepared. Commit yourself to the time that it's going to take. Another thing that it requires of us or that it means for us is, is that consecrating yourself so that you recognize the amazing things that God is doing is going to require a commitment. A commitment not only of time, but of your will, of your energy, of your enthusiasm, of your, the focus of your mind. It's going to require a commitment. You know, it's so much easier to go and watch TV. TV. It's often more enjoyable to go out into the garden. is maybe a million and one other things you'd much rather do. But if you want to recognize the amazing things that God is doing, it's going to require that you make a commitment. Committing yourself to that process of spending time consecrating yourself. Now, there's rewards in that all along the way. There are rewards as you read God's word. He'll show you things. He'll unfold things to you that are going to help in your everyday life. There are rewards for this commitment of time and energy. But You've got to make that commitment of time and energy. But then there's a third thing that it means for you, and that means that that if you're going to consecrate yourself so that you recognize God's amazing work, it's going to involve some change. If you take this time, if you commit yourself to the process of consecration, then you're going to become more and more like Jesus. You are going to change. And maybe that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. We're we're following Jesus. We want to become more and more like Jesus. And if you want to become more like Jesus, that requires the time and the effort and the commitment to consecrating ourselves, to preparing ourselves so that we recognise the amazing things that God is doing. Consecrating yourself is important because it enables you to recognise what God is doing, but it takes time. Consecrating yourself is important because it helps you recognise what God's doing, but it requires a commitment. Consecrating yourself is important so that you recognise what God's doing, and that will involve change. You'll be changed in the process to be more and more like Jesus. Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, make yourselves holy, prepare yourselves to be in the presence of God because tomorrow God is going to do amazing things. Well, you know, God is doing amazing things and he wants to do amazing things in your life. And the way for you to recognize those amazing things is to take the time now to make the commitment now to consecrate yourself, to make yourself fit to be in his presence, to purify yourself, to make yourself holy. When you do that, you'll recognize the things that he is doing. You'll change and become more and more like Jesus. And you'll find that there are rewards for the process of consecration along the way. So, God is doing amazing things, so consecrate yourselves so that you recognize what he's doing. Well, maybe you're one of the the people listening who have never given your life to Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity now. If you've never begun to follow Jesus, if you recognize that God has been somehow working in your life to call you to himself and you've never really made that commitment, I want to lead you in a Short prayer now, and you can commit your life into his hands. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. I thank you that you rose again for me. And I thank you that you want to be the Lord of my life. Thank you that you are doing amazing things. And I want to be a part of what you are doing. So I ask that you would come into my life. Forgive me for all the things that I've done in rebellion against you. And Lord, I surrender control of my life to you. And I thank you now for living in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, or if you have any other prayer needs, send us a message on Facebook or through YouTube. I'd love to catch up with you and help in any way we can. Well, look forward to being with you sometime again. We uh, trust you're blessed. God bless. We'll catch up next time.